Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. I really felt uh, for Kira Kelly earlier this morning. I don't know if you were listening to her on breakfast. If you didn't hear it, take a listen. My eldest headed off to Australia yesterday morning, which is why I wasn't on the show. And it was emotional. And it was it was like I did a thing. I, I'm not I'm not a massively sentimental person. I did a thing in the airport that I never normally do. As I was walking away from him and he was going through the gate thing that you, you leave people at. I kept looking back for the last glimpse of him and, and feeling myself kind of choking up, kind of going, I wonder when I'll see him again. Yeah, and I really felt for her. I was thinking of her actually because she she posted this up on on social media as well. And you know, just thinking like it must be very hard for parents um, dropping off the kids at the airport. And that, as Kira says, they're the unknown about when or if if they'll ever come back in the future. Maybe you know, settle in the area, uh, job opportunities, great climate in Australia, and and maybe just potentially, you know, not come back to the Emerald Isle. And I'm just interested today to chat to people who've maybe gone through this recently. Maybe you're somebody who experienced this a number of years ago. If you've advice for Kira or other parents that are about to go through this, children emigrating, do get in touch with me today to share your stories. Um, you can text us on 53106. Ed is with us on the line in Dublin. Ed, have you had somebody emigrate? Uh, hi, Andrea. Yes, I've had... Uh if I can just preface my story is in the ni- early 1980s, there was a beautiful poster of uh, graduates on the stairs in Trinity College with the title, We Are the Young Europeans. And a canny journalist did an article on them and discovered that most of them had actually emigrated, with rare exception. So I'm fearful this is beginning to happen again, where we're in danger of losing our best, you know, be them apprentices or skilled workers or graduates for that matter. Yeah, I, I, my son emigrated to Australia 11 years ago and... Um, you know, he gets home the odd time, but it's it's such a far place. I suppose in the fifties mm. and that when Irish people emigrated to the UK and US, it was easier to kind of keep in touch and get home. There wasn't such a time lag or distance lag. So it's, um, I think I'm just concerned. You know, uh, I mean, I have a daughter who has got a great job, mortgage uh, deposit, mortgage approved, but has keeps getting gazumped. Uh, you know, most of the, you know yourself when when you're young, you don't want to be living with your mommy and daddy. You know, mm. I mean, they want to get going and start their own family and you know the daddies and mammies of course in their golden years want to get back to when they were you know young and get out and go away without any restrictions so it doesn't really suit anybody so I just think it's a feature that's beginning to echo of mm-hmm. what happened in the early 1980s and I'd be very concerned that government uh, policy be it social housing rental or first-time buyers has not been good and it's you know, it's coming home to roost now, you know. Okay. He's, your son's there 11 years, is that what you said, Ed? They're 11 years 11, in Melbourne, yeah. yeah. And have you got out to him much or has he been home? I I, uh, I was based in Asia for a while, so it was easy for me then. Okay. And uh, I saw him a couple of times. But it was still, even from Asia, people don't realise how far Australia is. It was a 10-hour flight down south, you know, into the... Uh, Oceania, like it's a long, it's at the bottom of the world. So you know whether it's Europe or, or you know Australia, it's the perspective of these markets and territories where there's a time difference and a large physical difference. And of course, with the war in Ukraine and recent times, that's increased, mm-hmm. that's doubled airfares, and it's also had a huge impact on um, routes to Oceania, the world. So. Just uh, just when I heard Kira, it kind of resonated with myself. Yeah. Of course, it's very sad when you see them going through that gate and you don't know if they're going to be safe or, you know, your response time if something goes wrong. And 
So all those things go through because, you know, yourself as a parent, whether your child is 5, 10, 30 or 50, they're still your child, believe it or not, you know. And you look into those eyes. What what advice would you have for somebody now, eleven years on, Ed? Like, we'll say, mm. like here, and I'm sure there's plenty, plenty others, mm. you know, going through this at the moment. Yeah, well, I think at the same time, I remember a very wise friend of mine said to me a couple of years ago when it happened to me that he said, Ed, you got to remember that children are like arrows from your body; they just go, you know, <laughs> and uh, you shouldn't really stop them because it's great developmentally for them and it opens their eyes to the world. But of course. You know, you've suddenly gone. If you remember the, the term, the um, the empty nests when when kids left in the eighties mm-hmm. and early nineties, and now we have the cluttered nests. Yeah, so they've another reason to, I know, uh, to look at faraway shores. You know, yeah. so it's, you know, and I suppose the, the other thing I'd say is like we keep hearing. Like I understand the the economy of Ireland, and I've kind of I won't say where I work, but I was kind of involved deeply in in that end of things. And, you know, we keep hearing, you know, the stories of Ireland's a wealthy country and the economy's doing well. And that is true. Yeah. But it's not being reflected in the pockets of people who either want to rent, get social housing, uh, the homeless situation here, or indeed people who want to buy a house. I mean, when I bought, uh, we bought our first house in the early uh, 70s, you know, me and my wife-to-be were very young, earning peanuts, and we still managed to buy a house and get through, you know. And now and you have people who are, you know, kind of high-income in- earners and, and still um, still can't afford to, to get a place in, in many parts of the country at the moment. Uh, Linda's with us too, Ed. Linda, I mean, you've been listening to, to Ed talking about his son. Have you family abroad? Yes, I do. I have my sister, my only sister. Uh, my only sibling lives in Perth. So they've been over there for the past six years and my brother-in-law and I have two nephews who live there as well. Do you get over to yeah. them? I do, fortunately. Um, I do. Now, the only thing, obviously, with the coronavirus, I, you know, we were locked down mm. for so long, so there was a two-year gap. And in that gap, my, my mother uh, passed away, unfortunately. Oh, sorry. Not through COVID. She, she was sick. But it just meant that my sister couldn't get home through all of that time that mammy was sick and then for the funeral as well. So that was really... Because we used to always say, we'd be singing, saying, you know, Australia is only a day away. But then when you get to things like that, it's not a day away anymore. You know, it's two years, it's four years now by the time she'll be home. That must have been yeah. incredibly hard on her, Linda, missing, yes. missing the funeral. Yes, and I know, God, we are not alone in that. There were no, so many no. people that that happened to, you know. But I know that it was really tough on, on both of us, but uh, primarily on my sister and my nephews as well. They would have been very close to uh, their grandmother and they would have come home every year. They'd come home at Christmas time, uh, you know, and spend a couple of weeks with mom and that. So that, that didn't happen. So there was a, a gap there, you know. So that part of it is, mm. is kind of hard. But um, but look, thankfully I can get out. I'm actually heading out there for Easter, um, and I was over last year again, which oh, is, I'm very fortunate. I don't normally go one year after another, but because there was that gap, I'm trying to kind of shore up all the the good times the and good the memories. Times, yeah. What is it that you miss, Linda? Yeah. What do I? Oh, yeah, I miss my sister. sister so much. I I miss her. We we both lived in Dublin, and we were literally around the corner from each other. So we'd be out. I'd be popping to her for coffees and whatever. And when the boys were small, I used to go up and down, spend a lot of time. So I miss them physically. I miss having them, 
close, mm. um, you know, and there's the, the day you kind of, you're storing up information, you're going, oh, I'll tell her that when I'm on the phone to her next week or whatever. Now we do, we voice note each other a lot as well. So we're <laughs> the voice contact, notes are great, you know? aren't they? <laughs> They're brilliant. For that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, but I do, and I miss the boys, like, uh, you know, they've gone from being these small boys of whatever, six and seven, now they're like, the, the eldest fella's six foot five now and, you know, the other fella's, they're, they've just shot up so quickly. Mm. So you miss that. They're, I know. They're jumping in increments. You know, their increments are huge. So, uh, yeah, it's the daily bits and pieces you kind of miss, you know, that you take for granted. Do you think, she'll co- will they ever come home? Come back, even? Um, I don't know that they will, you know. Um, they have a nice life, you know, and this lifestyle. I, 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 I don't really like that word, lifestyle. What's lifestyle? You know, but they have a nice life. Now, I just pop in on it and I have a great time. So I have a different view from their everyday living there as such, you know. But I don't think that they, they will. I think that they, you know, the boys particularly, uh, it's their future now as well. And I think it'd be unfair to uproot them and take them home out of okay. it, you know. Yeah. Um, it's, you know. it's funny when people go like that, you know, it's it's often the fear and I think that was something Kira talked about as well. It's it's the fear of, you know, what if they don't ever come home? And I, I see a text in here from yeah. Anne who says, my son emigrated in 2013 and has told me that he'll never move home as um, he'll never move home as there's nothing only um, depression where we live. Find it quite depressing, he says. She says, my daughter moved there last September um, and I'm only hoping now that she won't turn around and say the same. This texter says, my son went off to do two years travel, South America and Australia, met his partner, who's Australian, now living in Sydney eight years with two Australian grandkids, got to visit in 2018 and maybe this year again, uh, so it's not so bad. Peter's on the line as well. Peter, have you ever experienced, you know, somebody leaving or emigration? Uh, yeah, I actually left myself. Oh, did you? I did, yeah. I left in 2012 um, during the kind of last recession, I guess. Uh, and uh, it was because of lack of work as a carpenter. Um, so I spent uh, almost four, over four years there. I came back to Ireland then. So you're um, you're on the other side of this where, you know, the family yeah. and all. Were, were, you, you so, know, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're leaving you at the airport, I'm sure, and, and, <laughs> and looking back on you, watching you, you go through the gates. So you decided to come uh, to come home. I mean, how has that been? Um, at the start, it was it was quite strange. I didn't really feel like it belonged anywhere, if I'm honest with you. Um, so uh, it took a while to kind of get back into the swings of uh, Dublin and Ireland and stuff like that. Uh, and... Um, yeah, it's it's kind of taken a bit of a dismal turn, if you like, in in recent years, I guess, uh, because of the housing situation. Okay. Um, so you have like I, you know, for example, I have friends actually, young and old, that are actually leaving once again, which is, I mean, which is just awful, like you know that way, because um, it does kind of it's I I find it, I find it's quite taxing having to move all your stuff uh, to the other side of the world, uh, and particularly two times. <laughs> I can't imagine doing that. Okay. But um, you know, we're we're at the situation now where you have, you know, like a lack of carpenters here, which are being forced to leave here, you know, because of you know you know, the just the impossible prospect of even being okay. able to afford a house. Well actually just just on that, I think Kevin is with us too and Kevin. Kevin that's something that you you know, you're I suppose trying to encourage people to stay. Yeah, um, it's interesting there listening to to the other callers and and those the the different angles that that people have on um, why people move and and, and so on. Um, 
we set up a company here, uh, which is an online platform, and the basis of it was to um, take positive action on people feeling that they have to leave the country or emigrate for work, um, be that um, you know abroad or um, elsewhere within within the country. The company is called GAAWorks.ie, and it's targeted at um, the GAA market of, of, I suppose, which is a huge part of our, our community here in Ireland. Um, and we advertise um, employment opportunities from trades to um, more senior positions mm. to um, a whole range of uh, employment opportunities to the GEA community. And as I say, it's designed to um, make, I suppose, people aware that uh, feeling like there's no choice but to emigrate. But there might be. There Is it available to other people beyond, though, the GEA? It is. It is, yeah, um, okay. It's, because it's an online platform, it's available to everyone. everyone. Such. And um, where can you get details of that, Kevin? So, yeah, our website is uh, www.gaaworks.ie um, and we started the company last year um, and more and more Irish companies are coming on board. Um, so, I suppose at the moment, what we're trying to do is build the brand and encourage uh, companies to get involved and mm. um, advertise and to show that there's GAA opportunities. Yeah, that there are great yeah. opportunities close to home and that they, do, do, they don't have to um, feel like there's no opportunity except to, to leave the to country. Leave. And work. Well, it's a great, great idea, uh, Kevin, and I, I'm sure there'll be plenty who'll, who'll want to look at that and explore opportunities across the country. Uh, thanks a million, Kevin, for getting in touch with us. Peter as well, Linda and Ed, thanks a million for your time on the programme. I do have a text in here, though, from one listener that I want to mention. They say, I just want to say thank you for having this conversation about our children leaving. Mine are all gone, very well educated, but they had to go to grow. I won't come on air to talk about it because I get too upset. They're gone now 10 years. I've no children left in Ireland, but they are doing so much better abroad. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.